Hello everybody, I'm Sean and welcome back to the Croc Time Podcast, delivering weekly updates on markets and geopolitics, providing you with valuable insights and unique perspectives on events and trends shaping the world. Today's episode will explain a new energy plan of the Italian government, along with Italian energy firm Eni, to improve energy relations with African countries. It is called the Mattei Plan, after Eni's historic chairman in the 1950s. It looks to provide investments to create economic ties with African countries to benefit from their energy resources. The plan first emerged during Prime Minister Meloni's inauguration speech late in 2022. However, it had actually started earlier that year under the previous Prime Minister, Mario Draghi. Before moving to the current geopolitics and exploring the plan, let's talk about the company and go back in time to 1953 when Eni was founded and Enrico Mattei became its chairman. So let's cut to the chase. The Italian multinational energy company Eni is today a super major oil company. It is one of the biggest in the world with revenues topping 132 billion euros in 2022. It is the third largest Italian company after Generali and Enel and is the second largest oil company in Europe after the French Total Energies. Over 30% of any is owned by the Italian government. As I already mentioned, today's episode will start in 1953. An existing Italian oil and gas company called Agip that had been around for 30 years became any that year and Enrico Mattei was nominated as its chairman. It adopted a unique logo, which I might dare to say is quite famous made up of a six-legged dog, symbolizing the sum of a car's four wheels and the two legs of its driver. During these years, after the Second World War, Italy was experiencing very rapid growth, accompanied by an expanding population and increasing energy demand. Energy supply, though, was struggling to keep pace. Mattei was committed to providing the cheapest energy possible for the Italian population. He was also driven by a strong ambition to make Eni a player on par with Exxon and Total and wanted to expand abroad to international oil markets. Mattei was an instrumental and controversial player in energy geopolitics in the 1950s and 60s. In 1954, he acquired extensive exploration rights in North Africa, signing an agreement with the Egyptian government led by Nasser. The deal that was signed stated that Eni took up all the risk involved in prospecting, and if no oil was found, the government would not have to pay one cent. He made a similar deal with the Persian Shah Pahlavi and the National Iranian Oil Company. Mattei then forged strong agreements with Tunisia and Morocco. The deals differentiated Eni from other major oil companies by offering 50-50 partnerships to local energy firms. He was also the one that coined the famous term Seven Sisters, referring to the oligopoly of oil companies in the mid-20th century. Described as a cold, calculating individual and hungry for power, he traveled throughout the Middle East and the Eastern Bloc 
forging deals with controversial individuals. In 1959, he visited Moscow, where he brokered an important oil import deal with the Soviet Union, while the Cold War was reaching its apex moment. NATO and the United States were furious and protested heavily, but to no avail. Mattei then publicly declared that the American monopoly on the international oil industry was officially over while negotiating a deal with Mao Zedong's government in China. Mattei also got involved in independence movements against colonial powers, allowing any to take advantage of post-colonial bitterness. Algeria is the clear example of this, which ensured preferential treatment for his company. As a consequence of these controversial stances in political matters, Mattei made many enemies. It is believed that a far-right French terrorist organization opposed to Algeria's independence put a hit on his head. In October of 1962, his flight from Catania, Sicily to Milan crashed under very mysterious circumstances. It was initially considered an accident but later became a murder case. A famous journalist tasked with finding clues disappeared and was never found. Police officers and judges tasked to the case were also murdered. Everything around Mattei's death still remains a mystery and the involvement of the Mafia is widely speculated. I won't continue this story, but I think we now have a clear enough picture of Enrico Mattei and the company he was building. He helped turn any into an Italian powerhouse with global ambitions. The company became so big and strong that Italians call it the state within the state. Mattei helped the African continent maximize its economic growth potential while supporting Italy's growing energy demands during a period of strong growth. The story around its historic chairman also helps us better understand the name of Italy's new energy plan. So let's now fast forward to today. During the inauguration speech of Italy's first female prime minister, Giorgia Meloni, in late 2022, she mentioned a modern Mattei plan for Africa. In it, Meloni wants Italy to regain a strategic role in the Mediterranean. As Europe rethinks its energy policies without Russian gas, energy independence and supply are top of the priority list. Securing new energy sources for the Italian population is a key goal of Meloni's government. To achieve these objectives, the government is in fact leveraging one of Italy's greatest assets, ENI. Eni is a much bigger company now, with an incredibly strong international presence. It has been run by Claudio Descalzi, its CEO, for the past 10 years. He has been with the company for over 40 years now. The company has developed a deep knowledge of the African continent, in addition to strong and long-lasting commercial ties. These also extend to the Middle East. To put into perspective just how important the company is, it is the biggest foreign energy producer in Africa, where it produces over 60% of its total oil production. 
The company is present in 14 different African countries. Its logistics capacities are almost unparalleled and guarantees stable flows of crude oil and gas to southern Europe. Since Russia's invasion of Ukraine, talk of a south-north axis for energy has been growing stronger. Descalzi has also been very vocal in this. The energy axis refers to connecting Africa's abundant energy resources with energy-hungry markets in Europe. For these reasons, any CEO is looking to strengthen energy collaborations with Africa and the Middle East. He has been extremely busy traveling to African and Middle Eastern countries with Italian prime ministers since early 2022. In April 2022, he accompanied ex-Prime Minister Mario Draghi in visiting the Republic of Congo, Angola and Algeria. Eni is in fact developing two liquefied natural gas plants in the Republic of Congo and has many upstream assets in Angola, together with British Petroleum. Under Mario Draghi's government, Eni negotiated new supply agreements with Algeria and also planned to increase investments in Mozambique and Nigeria. A gas deal was also signed with Egypt in April of last year. Draghi and Descalzi also visited Doha and its ruling House of Al Thani. Eni and Doha's Qatar Energy then entered a joint venture to expand the world's largest natural gas project. In September of 2022, Descalzi met with Saudi Arabia's Minister of Investments and signed an agreement promoting cooperation between Eni and the country. Mario Draghi's successor, Prime Minister Giorgia Meloni, has continued these high-level visits and has signed many new agreements. The Matei plan is in full swing. She traveled to Tunisia, Morocco and Libya together with Descalzi in the first half of 2023. In one of these visits in January of 2023, Eni and Libya's National Oil Corporation signed an $8 billion gas production deal to boost energy supplies to Europe by developing two offshore gas fields. In April of 2023, they visited Ethiopia and signed an important energy cooperation plan. In recent weeks, in October 2023, Meloni visited Mozambique and the Republic of Congo. Descalzi, of course, was always present. Mozambique was once looked upon as the emerging energy powerhouse of Africa. However, violent jihadist groups in the north of the country have soured its energy prospects. Political and energy cooperation agreements were signed. Meloni, during talks with Mozambican President Felipe Nuzzi, announced its intention to allocate 3 billion euros from the Climate Fund to the Matei Plan for structural investments in Africa. In addition to helping these countries take advantage of their fossil fuel resources, Eni is a pioneer in the green energy sector. The renewable energy opportunities in Northern Africa are incredible and the region could become a green hydrogen production hub in the future. 
It is very clear that both Meloni and the Scalzi are strengthening Italy's web of partnerships and collaborations on the African continent with a strong focus on energy. Meloni wants Italy to become a strategic energy hub between the African continent and Europe. While the economic and demographic prospects of Italy don't look very optimistic, its energy future does actually look bright. Italy's advantages in becoming a global energy hub are three. The first is the country's strategic geographical position at the center of the Mediterranean, which puts Italy at the crossroads of international energy corridors. The second reason is related to Italy's excellent existing infrastructure, such as storage capacity and existing pipelines. The country is also boosting its LNG capacity to take advantage of the upcoming boom in the market. The third reason is related to Italy's world-class companies. These include engineering giants Saipem and Maire Tecnimont, as well as its utility powerhouse Anel and energy infrastructure company Snam, in addition to any, of course. The details of the Matei plan are still largely unknown and will likely be unveiled in January 2024. However, with every Meloni and Descalzi visit to African countries, aspects of it have become clearer. The future does seem bright and both Meloni and Descalzi have had very successful visits to the continent. As always though, let's try to contextualize everything we've said so far and look at some of the risks of this new plan. Firstly, Eni's operations in the African continent are riskier now than ever before. The political and economic climate in the African continent is very unstable. Bigger challenges are emerging, which are also complicating Africa's energy future. The string of recent coups could complicate both Eni's and Italy's energy ambitions. Energy prospects throughout the continent continue to improve with many new offshore oil and gas production projects. Namibia and the Ivory Coast are prime examples of this. However, many African countries have been failing to increase production and meet growing European needs. Some European oil and gas companies have even been exiting the continent. British Petroleum is looking to get out of Senegal and Mauritania after massive discoveries were found there in 2017. Algeria still hasn't managed to expand its supplies of gas to Italy, even though the infrastructure is there and the agreement was signed last year. As we mentioned before, Mozambique's LNG prospects have diminished in recent years because of violence, while Nigeria and the Republic of Congo have seen oil and gas production decline year over year due to violence and mismanagement. A sub-Saharan pipeline project from Nigeria to Algeria has been in the works for decades and the recent coup in Niger diminishes its outlook. A second key aspect to consider is whether the Meloni government is simply looking to decrease illegal migration to Italy. Her anti-immigration stance is loud and clear and the Matei plan, with a strong focus on energy, could kill two birds with one stone 
by also tackling Italy's migration problem. However, illegal migration requires comprehensive solutions that address the root causes of migration, and this doesn't seem to be a priority so far. Finally, it's important to underline that Meloni has been dealing with local dictators and sketchy actors on the continent. She has already had talks with Haftar, who controls the eastern half of Libya, complaining about illegal migration. Italy's dealings with the Republic of Congo's dictatorial president, Sasso Nguesso, are also very controversial. Italy's approach to Tunisia, which has been the migration hotspot, has recently failed. The signed agreements with its authoritarian president, Kais Sayed, haven't worked out too well. Tackling Tunisia's fate will be decisive as its prospects look bleaker than ever. Italy's broader geostrategic plans clearly involve any, given their experience and knowledge of the continent. The recent spree of deals and agreements in Africa are big wins for its energy ambitions. While France's influence in the region decreases, Italy could be one of the players to benefit most. Its economic incentives, extending from energy to defense, far outweigh those from other middle powers looking to expand in Africa, such as Russia. We will keep track of the Matei plan as it goes forward, but so far so good, as Italy's moves have been very impressive. Thank you, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Croc Time. Please leave a review and follow me wherever you get your podcast, and I'll be back next time with more insightful research.